0: Hello, everybody, and it's 7.42 on a Monday, and my voice sounds amazing. I had an absolutely fun weekend uh, with my guys from the crib. Uh, Shout out to them for pulling up. But anyways, more importantly, let's talk hoops. Um, I'm setting this show up this way today because I talk basketball with three of these guys, like, every day. But also, I wanted to wait for all of the kind of finals talk to die down. So that like we just didn't go high and to the right with our crazy takes. You know, I wanted to like have a more reasonable conversation uh, about the finals and, and the different takeaways from the finals. So what's up, Boink? Yeah. What's up, E B? Hey. Parlay P what's happening? How'd you do? <laughs> hey <laughs> P, how was the Kanye thing on Thursday?
1: I feel like this is a trick question because everybody knows how big of a Kanye fan I am. Uh, it was fantastic. Honestly, for for him to have not done shit but play music, I thought it was like a legendary type of event, in my opinion. It was <laughs> great. And the, and the album sounded – the album actually – I mean, even though it's loud as hell in there, like the album really did sound good. I hate that he didn't deliver like he said he was going to, but – I'm kind of used to it now as a fan, so it's, you know. But it was great, honestly. It really was great. It's good to see that he's getting his shit, like, back together. Like,
0: I mean, you know, his life has changed a little bit. He probably has more time to focus on music and not be a reality TV show star as well. So maybe we'll get that old Kanye. Um, but anyways, let's talk about the finals. <clears throat> the Bucks win in six, as Brandon Jennings presented uh, – presented – predicted – and um Giannis closes out CP3 in the Suns with a 50 piece. And um I think for Giannis it, it it makes sense, right? At first I I picked against the Bucks and it was more so me not wanting the Bucks to win versus me predicting what I thought should happen. Because if we look historically, the Bucks were primed to win the finals. They were really the only team in the East who had the big guns that have also took enough playoff um losses who've taken those, 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 those lumps. And then they show up against a team that didn't even make the playoffs last year. And all of a sudden we're shocked that they won. I don't think we should have. So let's go to EB first. How did it feel to watch Giannis hoist up that trophy?
2: The first few games I was actually mad because I love Chris Paul, so I wanted him to to get it. This is probably the closest he's ever going to get. But as we were getting to, like, game five, game six, like, period, the Bucs were the better team. Even starting, the Bucs were the better team. The Suns had chances where if they would have played perfectly and everything would have gone right, they would have won. So, like, game four, they could have won that game if things would have broke right. Chris Paul didn't turn that ball over late. Game five, they could have won if things would have broke their way. Say Devin Booker, instead of driving all the way, just pulls up, hits a shot, like, they could be up and then win the series that way. So I'm saying they were not as good a team as Milwaukee, but they had chances to win if things would have broken their way. But Giannis was the best player in the series, and pretty much nine times out of ten, that's going to get you a ring. So I think the right team won. I just didn't want them to win, but I was fine with it.
3: Blink. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's that last game, you know, closeout game, 50-piece, one of the best games I've seen in the finals like you know he deserves to win and the better team did win and it's unfortunate that Chris Paul probably isn't going to get a ring but I mean the Bucks won that series I don't think like Phoenix lost it the Bucks just straight up won you know credit to, to Bud for actually making some adjustments uh, throughout the series um, you know they, they took away Phoenix's corner three so they won
1: Pete? Yeah, I mean, I'll piggyback off of what both what they both said and how you kind of brought the topic in. Um, you know, we've seen this story before. Have we not? You know, every team uh, takes those lumps in the playoffs the previous years. And, and last year, I think that them getting eliminated in the bubble, you know, by Miami in five in the second round was such a shock to everybody uh, and, of course, Miami going back to the finals, you know, it set up this 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 story for them to come into, you know, the Giannis thing. Of, well, is he going to come back? Um, you know, does Bud survive if they don't win this year? There were so many storylines headed into the season, and they knew that they needed to get some they got Drew Holiday, which if there was anything that he did do, that steal, and then that alley U pass, um, you know, it it – it made that money worth it that they ended up paying him. And so, um, you know, you got to tip your hat to them just for persevering because obviously I think like many of us thought if they had lost, you know, that net series was really, to me, that was really the NBA finals. The winner of that series was going to win because Kyrie was probably going to eventually come back at the Nets one and Hart was going to get healthier. So like the, win- that was, that was the NBA finals in my opinion, but um they, they definitely did deserve it, and I did think that they were the better team, just like I felt like the Suns kind of got off lucky even getting there to begin with. But it was set up for them to kind of win this thing, just the comeback of it, playing Miami in the first round and then sweeping them. It was, this, this was a story written kind of finals for them. And the NBA loved it, too, because they're in Milwaukee.
0: Absolutely, and I, I think that's the one thing to look at, kind of the way the story is set up right. They get redemption versus Miami. Then they beat the super team, although Hobble, but the super team who everybody kind of had given the finals to, and then they beat the hot young team that kind of had everybody's attention going into the playoffs, you know. Um, but you, you talk about the acquisition of, of Drew Holiday, and I think that's an important acquisition because I don't know if you all remember, they were kind of torn in between do we go after Drew or do we go after CP3? And they end up getting Drew Holiday Probably the better long-term, um, long-term move for the team, but just, just the idea of how close Chris Paul was to a championship with the Suns, how much closer he probably would have been had he been on the Bucks. Like, could you still see that Bucks team winning if CP three would have went there instead of Phoenix?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I a- mean- <laughs> absolutely.
0: Like, defeat. Like even though the Bucks won the championship, did they really make the best move for their team?
1: For the, for the long term, absolutely.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, J. Rue is younger than CP3. So, I mean, you know, CP3 is like, what, 36 now? turning 37, maybe? Like, he's got maybe a year or two left in him. I mean, J. Rue is, you know, 30, 31, somewhere around there, so... Yeah, I mean, it was a better better deal. And he's a defensive stopper, so, I mean, he stopped Chris Paul. so.
0: <laughs> so, Giannis, <clears throat> is he the best player in the league now? Come on, Eric.
2: I would say no still, and, like, not to shit on Giannis. Giannis is, in my mind, like, a top three player in the league, probably even top two, but I think it's still Kevin Durant, like, hobbled team. And of course they had the super team and the the problem with the super team, similar to the heat that first year, you have your three superstars and then you you really lack depth. So they didn't have a chance to really build depth around those guys. They lost those two guys and Kevin Durant still was almost like a pinky toe away from sending them <laughs> into the Eastern <laughs> conference finals. So everyone was saying like Giannis figured something out. And I'm like, if you really think about it, Giannis played, the Hawks, who, like, had a great run, but their front court, like, he's going to eat Clint Capella and John Collins. Like, he's going to, period. And the front court of the Suns was really just Aiton because Sarge, and I'm not saying Sarge is, like, if they have Sarge they win the title. But, like, their, their depth was diminished as well. So Giannis really had, like, the best situation ever aligned for him because the two teams he played after the Nets had terrible front courts. So I think it's still... Kevin Durant not taking anything away from Giannis. This isn't an Asterix championship. They won it outright, but I don't think he's the best player in the league. If we're still picking, I'm picking my team around Kevin Durant.
0: And, and the funny thing, you talk about the pinky toe and shit, the Nets, their front line wasn't great either. But the pinky toe, if the pinky toe would have been a couple inches back, Bud is fired. If the it's pinky not- toes back,
2: butt is fired, and we're like, bro, this Giannis dude really can't get it. And then the narrative switched that easily to Giannis is the best player in the league. Oh, is Giannis top 10 ever now? And it's like, it is crazy just how stuff can change like that. But if they get knocked out of the of the Eastern Conference semis, we're looking at them completely differently. And that's why I think, like, KD is still the best to me because their defense wasn't good, and Giannis couldn't do shit with it, and they don't have a good front court. And then he just played worse front courts as the time went on. So I, that's why I'm, he's not the best player in the league, but he's, he's damn close.
0: Somebody has to believe yeah. that Giannis is the best player in the league. Well, I don't
1: think that he's the best player either. I, I'm kind of with Boyd on that. I mean, he to me, this is what I think Giannis is. I think that he's now the face of the league because of what he just did. I really do, and I know that there's that argument for LeBron still. Of course, you know you got Space Jam; he's still making headlines, and he's you know been out of the playoffs for a month and a half. But you know, he's a likable guy. First of all, I think that the media loves Giannis. Um, he proves it on the court, and him beating KD to me was kind of that mantle of a past that that was his moment. Like, you know what I mean? That was, that was the moment. I know we talk about, you know, what if he did, but he did. And so because he did do it, you know, he's going to get the praise for that. It's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's the freshest thing right now is that he's the winner and he's going to be until next June. But at the same time, I would take Katie over him. I would take Katie over him because I think Katie's the better player. But I think that he is that new face of the league at this point. Like, he kind of almost has to be. Um, He's younger. uh, He's already so accomplished. And I think that that's just the thing. That's why even some people are like, you know, assuming that he doesn't have a serious injury and he continues on this trajectory, he could win two more titles the rest of his career. And I think that people would most definitely put him in that top ten. I kind of look at it as – I'm a big Kobe Bryant fan. And so even when Kobe was winning titles in tw- 2009, 2010 and going in 08, you know, they had the LeBron and Kobe uh puppet commercials. And there were people that used to tell me that LeBron was better than Kobe and I'm just looking at them like they're fucking stupid. Not because, you know, uh LeBron hadn't won a ring or anything, it was just more about how is he better than Kobe Bryant today? In reality, what makes him better outside of you saying, "Well, LeBron can, you know, damn near average a triple double almost, and his teams win sixty something games a year," it's it's a similar thing I think with a guy like Katie and Giannis as of today. It's in that that situation, but except the difference is between that situation and this situation is uh, Giannis has that title now. And that nobody, nobody can really take that away from him. And he did it in a small market. You know, Everybody else has had to either join a team uh, outside of Kobe, of course. Uh, and I'm talking within the last – since 2000, basically. Everybody else that's been considered that face has had to join a team. And, and I guess I tell you what, and then Steph Curry's one year before KD is an outlier too. But outside of that, you can't really name anyone else that didn't have to team up with somebody to win a title.
0: You know, I kind of like where you were going with that uh, Kobe versus um, LeBron and this Katie versus Giannis thing because I think there are um, a lot of strong similarities there because at that point in his career, we said that LeBron was the best player in the league. But if you watched it, you go, he's just not as skilled as Kobe. And he's not as accomplished as Kobe. He doesn't though, want it. He doesn't
1: want it as bad as Kobe. I'm like, not going to get into that. That um, shit was so obvious, bro. I, I'm in I'm high not. school and I'm looking at that shit and I'm just like, people were really coming up to me like telling me, LeBron is so much better than Kobe. And it's like I still don't think LeBron is better than Kobe.
0: Oh yeah, you're 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 being skip-based.
1: no 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 I'm not no no I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron is, has stood the test of time, and he's by, he's a top three player of all time. Like, I would never argue that. Um, and it's not the bias of me being a Kobe fan. It's just more of a – if you really watch these guys play, if Kobe had everything that LeBron had, anyone that thinks that Kobe wouldn't have made it work is silly. He would have made that shit work. He could have won with that. But could LeBron have won with what Kobe had? Like – Really think? I mean, and I'm not talking about the shit. He I'm more so talking the about talking
0: the finals.
1: I'm talking about those Pal sauce titles. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think that he had the the
0: That's like the AD team now.
1: I don't think. I don't think that he had that shit in him, bro, to get past to be because Kobe had to play Boston twice in three years. I don't think that LeBron had that shit in him to beat them. I don't. Even with that Lakers team, if you put LeBron in place of Kobe. I don't think that he had that shit in him to get past them, but that's just me. I
3: do so I curious, watch you're the only. You are the only person I know that could take a question of is Giannis the best player in the league and turn it into incorporate Kobe Kobe, versus right? LeBron. Not even I, just incorporate well, Kobe, but Kobe versus LeBron.
1: That's, just, Skip, that's, that's similar. That's like there is, is a similarity the there. Man. There's a similarity there because at the time everybody like we can all say LeBron is the greatest player in the NBA today, right? Just That's like Kobe great. to me was the great, he was the, well, because he was the most accomplished, like the greatest in the, that was currently in the league. He was the greatest player. But, you know, there's always somebody that is better. But I'm just saying that the difference between the two is that Giannis is a champion. Like Giannis did it. Okay. Like imagine, imagine, uh, and I know it's so, I'm all over the place kind of, but just imagine Kobe not making it to the finals that year against Boston, but the Cavs making it over Boston. And they played who, – who, who did the Lakers beat in the West Finals that year? That wasn't uh, – They beat Denver. No, I think Denver was the next year.
2: No, they beat Denver
1: in 09,
2: and then they beat the Suns in 10.
1: But who, No, but who was 08? The year the Lakers left Oh, lost. the Spurs.
2: The Spurs, because the Spurs beat the Hornets.
1: All right, so let's say the Spurs played the Cavs again in the finals that year. Drugged them. And but but LeBron won the title against the Spurs, and even though that ain't even a fair comparison because the Spurs were so great, I'm my point is, let's say LeBron did win one title in Cleveland. Okay, let's say he did get it done. I don't want to count, he did. let's say he did get it done. I just think that the narrative of LeBron would be totally different. Like, like I could you could accept the fact of saying, okay, maybe LeBron is better than Kobe, like even then. I, so it's just similar team to team me today to where Kobe. But let, let, let's
0: get. Hold on. Let's get back to, to, to this year because we can talk this forever. So you look at what Giannis says after the game. He talks about how he didn't have to go team up, and you know it's a great moment for the NBA because you know uh, a a pretty much homegrown team wins the championship, and um, they won a super team. Uh, what do you what do you guys think of that? It, Y'all have a and make and what he was saying about how he didn't have to go, go away. He did it the, the, the right way. Is it the right way to do it homegrown, or is the right way to win by any means necessary? You go first, EB.
2: The second way. The right way is to win by any means necessary. And if you can do it the homegrown way, because if we're being realistic, that's the way a lot of these teams are going to have to do, especially a small market like Milwaukee. They're going to have to do it for the most part, be homegrown way. Players aren't trying to go sign there. So him saying, like, we did it the homegrown way, we did it the right way. Yes, it's the way people like more because it feels like there's an element of, like, you didn't cheat your way to it. You didn't take the easy way out as a competitor. But, like, championships don't grow on trees. So we had a super team this year. They didn't win it. When LeBron and them formed up their super teams, they didn't win on the front end or the back end. Like, we've seen super teams form and we've seen super teams not win. So you forming a super team doesn't mean you're guaranteed to win. Look at what the Clippers have had to go through. So I think you put yourselves in the best position to win because at the end of the day, everybody in the league is an NBA player, and then the chips fall where they may. But him saying, like, they did win the ring, but it's also just like, yeah, but these these super teams and that, like, injuries are part of the game. They they had some injuries, and like I said, this doesn't come with an asterisk. Staying healthy is part of it, but I don't think they beat a healthy Brooklyn However, Brooklyn wasn't healthy, so so they won. And, like, period, that's it. But I don't think there's a right way and a wrong way. I think you do whatever you can to put your team in the best position possible. And that's what the Bucks did, and the chips fell for them in the best way.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Giannis, who, who said that he has a super team? Who said that?
0: Uh, the stack.
3: Yeah. stack. Yeah, I mean that's completely false. Like
1: I mean, I mean yeah, they Chris have been... what,
0: three all stars on the team?
1: Four. If you four former. If you count Brooke Lopez, he was an all-star. True, team. yeah. Yeah, but even though I'm not he's been he's been removed fan. from the all-star. Well, my bad. Like, no, nah, you're good. But like, sure. say, even though even though it's been like six or seven years since he's made an all star team, but
3: Yeah, and like I don't I mean, yeah, Chris Middleton is an all-star. Like, you know, by him getting to the all-star game every year, like
0: yeah, he's a like guy every, every year. But yeah,
3: like, you know, he might end up with like three or four selections in his career, maybe five. Like I wouldn't call and him it, even like, gonna like, a double
2: check if he's going to make it in the West. Like he's an all-star in yeah. the East, but he's not he's not a dual conference all-star. Like He's a great player. I'm not taking yeah. anything from him, but it's not a super team. He hasn't even made thirteen All NBA. Like, you, it's not a super team. If both, if you have one person who's on an All NBA team, exactly.
1: And and they don't they don't need to misconstrue a super team. Like, I think what he really meant to say was it is a well put together team to where one through five they had, you know, they were they had kind of everything. Like in a sense of there really wasn't a weakness in that starting five. Like there wasn't. You had Middleton that you could get the go to bucket from. He proved that multiple times in this playoff run. Like I was at game, was that game three against the Hawks when he fucking had like twenty points in the fourth quarter? That shit reminded me of Kobe. There we go, boy. I I added him back in. Uh, But uh, it did. It really did. It was kind of crazy, like how he was just pulling from all three levels. It was unbelievable. But that team was built so well, and even though Divincenzo went down, you start talking about. You've got a guy in him who's the most valuable player in the NCAA tournament for a national championship team, still on a rookie contract. He got Drew, this two-way guy that's that's been really good, never great, but been really good, and obviously got max money, you know, uh, either before the season or, like, really, at, like, right it at the like, start, they paid him all that yeah, money. Before. You got Brooke Lopez, who has evolved his game a little bit. He always could kind of shoot, but, like, now he's like an actual threaded three. And then you got Giannis, you know, who is this two-time MVP, this, this best player in the league type guy. And so, and then you add Bud, who was great with the Hawks. He was. He, he was. He, Bud is like the equivalent of, even though he wasn't first, he's like the equivalent of Mike Smith to me. Like, like for what he did with the Hawks, I'm saying. Like he really tapped in as far as they could get. With that Bud is with,
2: Dwayne Casey with a better team? That's it.
1: Well, but th- but think about it too. Bud also was, you know, this is like Pop's protege. Basically, he was with him for 17 years before he got that head coaching job. And let's um, stay there.
0: Let's stay there. Pop's protege. I heard um, a sportscaster last week say maybe this is the Spurs Midwest where you have your humble superstar and Giannis like a Tim Duncan, and then you have you know. Bud coming from the pop system. Is Milwaukee the next sports dynasty?
1: No, Spurs no, Hell no. They got to get through Brooklyn next year. They'll be they'll be lucky to get another one before Giannis's contract ends.
3: Like I mean, stars the stars literally lined up perfectly for them this year.
0: The Spurs had to get through the Lakers back in the day. All I'm saying is Brooklyn could be there. Could be their Lakers. They're nah. a well put together team with one superstar um, and the other parts really work well. I-
3: we just yeah, you still Kevin got, Kevin got that better interview. conference
1: on the other side. That's got teams that are just as good, if not better than Brooklyn. Even, even though we look at Brooklyn with the, all that star power, hell, there's a rumor going around that they're going to trade Tyree Irving and you know, to me, they're not getting another superstar for him. Like they're trying to get like multiple pieces because they think that with Harden and KD it could work, which it really could, but there's still that other conference. Denver's gonna and I know that I know how you feel about uh, Jamal Murray, but
0: don't get Denver will, Denver. Denver's Jamal gonna be
1: better with, they're gonna be better with Jamal Murray. And if well, what is Jokic, better? Jokic won MVP this year and they got swept. Why can't Jokic come out and be just like Giannis last year? Because I think Jokic is really the most skilled center I've ever seen play. He's and, not that
3: dominant, though.
1: Yeah, he's not dominant. Like you know, he's not like Shaq dominant. But like, here's the thing. I mean, how how dominant was Giannis before this year in terms of?
3: Okay, all he needed to be dominant was this year he's to get very him, yeah. this year.
1: <laughs> but but I'm saying though, I'm just saying nobody's calling on just like. Uh, Eric just said, like nobody's uh, talking about Giannis as a top player if they don't win this year. So who would be talking about him being dominant like that? Well, I think I think that's the win. problem.
0: I think that's the problem though, because when you listen to the people talk, they just get they get stuff wrong, right? Like we, we're we're tossing we're really like moving Giannis in our player rankings a lot by him being himself. Okay, he he, oh. he showed up in the finals, and then because Chris Paul lost. All of a sudden, he wasn't the MVP of the the season, which, I mean, he didn't win it, but he was MVP. It's like, no, 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 we were wrong about what we said about Chris Paul. We were wrong about Giannis. Well, some people were saying Giannis sort of won the MVP this year. If you look at his numbers in comparison to his MVP seasons and his team, Like, it was not crazy to think that he could have been a three-time MVP. And because he won the championship and the finals MVP, it's like, oh, he could have been, a, yeah, he could have been. I just think we can't get too caught up on results without properly contextualizing what's creating those results.
1: But he
2: also, like, people had fatigue. And similar with LeBron when he won his two, people were like, all right, I mean, you you could be the best player in the league. We've seen it. it's been in the playoffs. You choke up, similar to what Giannis was doing. So I think I think next year is going to be real interesting because there is a world where, like, they do a 2015 Warriors because a lot of people were like, Kevin Love went down, Kyrie went down, and they won this sort of fluky championship. Then 2016 comes around, and they were the best fucking team we've ever seen. They won 73 games, and that confidence of winning that championship really takes you to a whole new level. So I don't know if coming back next year, the the Bucks will have this whole new arrogance about them, like, nah, we belong here. And whether you think they don't or not, they have the championship, and the arrogance and confidence might be there and they may be through the roof. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how they come out next year. I personally think a healthy nets, but like we don't know what the nets in the landscape of the NBA is going to look like next year. So I, I think just really anything could happen. But if I were betting, I would bet the field.
0: Well, Pierce is a betting man. What are you sending in right now?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's definitely the smartest bet. <laughs> they they probably have that set at like minus 2000, just because, Nobody really thinks that they're going to repeat. I mean the Nets they came out as the favorite anyways at plus 300. And so yeah, the Nets and Lakers are the top two. I think the Bucks are, are got like the third best odds. Yeah, and they they're even still a distant third from those two cuz the Nets are plus 300, Lakers are plus 500, Bucks plus 900. So they're even, you know what I mean, they're three times the favorite of the Nets. And so like I, like you said, we don't really know what the Nets are what how they're going to look in the landscape of the nba but with another year of steve nash you know this was his first year of coaching too and i think that people don't as great of a leader he was on the floor he still had never coached he wasn't an assistant coach i know that he was like a consultant with the warriors but he was never coaching he it wasn't like he was an assistant coach with steve kerr this was his first time coaching and they're 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 a pinky toe away from probably winning it all so with another year under his belt And let's just assume that Kyrie is back. Another year of those guys jailing together, I don't know why, from a talent standpoint, they wouldn't be the favorite. Like that just makes it's an kind of an obvious pick. And the thought is, is that depending on what happens with Ben Simmons, of course, in Philly and what they end up doing there, you know, unless they were to get Dame Lillard, why wouldn't they be able to get back to, you know, where they were in the East? And then it comes down to them beating the Bucks, which I think. In this second round, with the healthy, assuming that they're healthy, why wouldn't they beat them? I think that if if Kyrie was healthy in that series, that they would have taken them out in six, maybe even five, depending on if Giannis misses some more free throws. You know what I mean? Giannis didn't become what did uh, Mark Jackson say, Lee? Uh, Giannis didn't become the greatest improved free throw shooter in NBA history until like Game Four of the NBA Finals. So.
0: Don't ask me any Mark Jackson quotes because I tend to watch the games on mute when he's calling them because he but we, but, we bo- but
1: but but we both heard him say that right? Didn't he say the greatest, most improved free throw shooter in NBA history? Didn't he, he said, say
0: that? He said some type of nonsense like that.
1: Okay, well, to paraphrase, that's what he said.
0: So, so let's let's let's, let's look at two different things, right? Um, for one, let's define a super team because i was having a conversation earlier today and it's almost a conversation uh, let me shut up but it was it was an odd conversation nonetheless and i was told that the 2020 lakers were a super team and i go lebron and ad and their third is kyle kuzma and then part the third of was, was rajon
2: rondo like, come on man get it right, right.
0: But then part, but the, part of like the defense was they had Rondo, they had Dwight Howard. I go, that's not prime Rondo, that's not prime Dwight Howard. Like we're, we're, this is not two thousand and twelve.
1: Both of those guys were backups. Exactly. Uh, so, that was their lot in the league. They 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 weren't starting anywhere.
3: I'd say a super team is three guys that. Every year, they can contend for an All NBA spot.
2: Yeah, I agree. Three superstars, like in the prime of their careers, because yeah. even the Clippers had PG coming off an All NBA season. They had Kawhi, who's All NBA every year, but it's really them too. They had a ton of depth, but it's really yeah. just them too. Yeah, so if to you have two superstars them. in depth. You're just you're just a really good team. Three yeah. superstars okay. makes you a super team.
1: A, a super, to me, a super team. Like they said, it's three guys, but I wouldn't even say three guys that are, which I guess they you would always be in contention for all NBA if, if this is the case. But three guys that were the best player on their team the year before—that's a super team. If they because if they all came together, like that's why the Nets were a super team. I mean, but you could say like Christian Wood from the Rockets. Like, come on. <laughs>
2: yeah, you got you got to be all NBA. You have to have three All NBA guys, and one of those guys needs to be a first team because even if it were like. The Celtics say they added another, like say they added well,
0: Jimmy Butler. No, think about it. They
2: they got- I wouldn't call them a super
1: if, team if they, they were if they were all NBA at one point in their career and they were still in their prime. Sure, but I'm just if saying. Like, I look at I look at I look at the the previous super teams, right? So you look at uh, Boston, I guess being that. Well, even though really the Lakers were the first, but we won't even bring that up. The Celtics being that first super team. You had one guy that was the best player on his team, Paul Pierce. had Kevin Garnett, who was the best. Oh, player no, no, on no, team no, no, no.
0: Super, super teams go back way, way before then.
1: But I'm, but I'm saying, yeah, okay, yeah, worthy Magic, Jabbar, right. But I'm saying, and Parrish, Parish, uh, Bird. But what I'm saying is, is that in the modern era, to me, a super team is formed in one off or you know, yeah. within mid season trade, kind of like how the Nets got uh, hard. I don't look at adding a guy and then some, some role players to that 2020 Lakers team as being a su- – like, that's not a super team. You know what I mean? When three guys come together at once, that shit's a super team. The, the Heat – best player on the Toronto Raptors was Chris Bosh. The best player on the Heat was Dwayne Wade. The best player in the league was LeBron James, and they went to Miami. And so that's a super team. Like, you know what I mean? That, that's a super team. But you also have to contextualize it, period. That's just the way super teams are
2: built now. You can't have like a 1980s Lakers where you get cream in a trade, you magically get to draft Magic, and then you somehow get to also draft James Worthy when you've already won two championships in that fi- in a five-year span. Like, it's just not going to happen like that anymore. So you have to get a LeBron to come in free agency and a Chris Botch coming for free agency. So it doesn't matter how the super team is formed. I think the criteria is three All-NBA players, and you're not going to just home grow Three all NBA guys. The Warriors came the closest with
0: okay, see.
2: Draymond Clay. James Harden wasn't all NBA. He was sixth man of the year, but he wasn't all NBA.
0: I was just saying about a, a team that came close.
2: They they did come close. And then the Warriors had Draymond, Clay, and Steph. But like hey, KD really put them over the top. My, but see, Draymond
0: be- and, and Clay. If they're I, out of OKC, or excuse me, if they're out of Golden State, they're not all NBA players. Like, they were only all NBA players because of that system. And don't get me wrong, they were good enough, they earned it. But, like, Clay I was been. the number one guy. I think Clay might have I mean, been. It depends. Yeah, I think
1: Clay's
0: played, a 50-50. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you 50-50 on Clay. I like Clay. Because he's not,
2: he's not, he's in like Detroit. But if he's in another team that really gets that ball moving, he's he's an all NBA guy. So it just depends on where he's
1: at.
0: Yeah. Trey Young was nothing this year.
1: But anyways. But he was an all-star star last year.
0: He was. But um. anyway, so if you're a GM, right, you pick your market. Would you rather be a traditional, build through the draft, make acquisition, acquisitions here or there, or would you like to be a super team guy? What about you, Eric? You're from L.A., Tinseltown, super team capital USA. How would A you super like to team guy. I just
2: feel like that is – if you were in a big market, you have an easier chance to lure free agents. And then if you – and, like, they're, they're proven products. If you're going the small market route or just the homegrown route, the draft is a luck of the draw. Like, you you have all these players grading out. But at the end of the day, like, look at what Wiseman is doing. Look at – like, the best player in last year's draft, what was Halliburton drafted? like?
3: 13th, I think. Like, 12th, 13th. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I'm saying, the year – like, donovan mitchell's draft he was drafted like he was drafted super late so i'm saying
3: there's something like that these
2: these these days i would rather just be in a big market and try and lure free agents it's definitely difficult but i know what i'm getting because these players are proven
1: well and and, and that's exactly what they want anyways i mean think about it i i was watching um uh, clips of the herd on youtube and like colin cowards like doing this list of like stay go question mark or whatever like whatever he does and like zion came up and it it was all because of that one report of his family i guess not being happy with management and then of course magically like a couple days later stan van gundy and the pelicans decide to mutually part ways and so it's like one of those things where okay it's gonna be hard to keep anybody anywhere ad Knew that he was never winning a title with the Pelicans when he got drafted there. Like he knew that. Like he knew. He knew damn well they were never winning a title in New Orleans. Like he knew that. And you know, I, I just don't think that. <laughs> why are you laughing about that, man?
0: Because I, I just Not funny. I just think you have an anti-New Orleans bias.
1: No, I don't. It's a good place to be for two days, but uh, point being, (laughs) Zion, you know, a guy like him, just for instance, does anyone really think that he's going to be there past his rookie contract?
0: Yeah, because they're going to bring in Kyle Lowry.
1: How old is Kyle Lowry? Thirty-six. Okay, so they're going to win that title like next year or two years from now.
0: Yeah, Brandon Ingram takes another step up. Uh, the new coach gets them playing right, and, and they're like the sons of, of of this past year.
3: Who's the new coach? Again? Yeah, I was gonna say who did they hire
0: again? Uh, I, I forgot. I, I think they hired a black coach. Oh, okay.
1: Well, I think team that this that that proves the point. Even on that, we don't even know. So um it's not. Yeah, Stan no, Bay. he's a, he's he's like a, like he's a man fucking man He is a fucking gone. Okay, he's gone.
0: All right, so <laughs> a few more things before we uh, transition to off-season stuff.
2: Willie um, Green, by the way, he's the coach of the Pelicans.
1: Oh, like oh, okay, Green. that guy, he played, like, for the Warriors, right? Yeah, yeah he was an assistant for them, too. Yeah, he, paid his and, he I, yeah, and he played for them at one point. Yeah, 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 and actually, I think he played for the Hawks, funny enough. But, uh, yeah, hell of a hire, though, yeah. Zion's definitely going to want to stay for that.
0: So Eric, I, I want to give you the floor right now because you um, were were deeply bothered, and, and, and Pierce, you can hop in on this one too, by the the Devin Booker Kobe comparisons. And, and I just really want to know, as a as a Kobe fan, as a LA guy, what how disrespectful was it to Kobe to compare Devin Booker to Kobe just because he shoots mid range, he plays shooting guard. And they met a couple times and he wrote some quotes on his shoes from Kobe. I
2: don't know if disrespectful is the word I would use. Like the first time people said it, it was like, oh man, Devin Booker wants to be legendary and he's using this like fuel from his meeting with Kobe. And, and it was cool. But then when they're saying it every game and like anytime Devin Booker hits a shot, anytime Devin Booker goes to free throw line, well, you know, Kobe wrote be legendary on his shoes and he, he just wants to make his idol proud. And it's like, all right, bro let let Devin Booker be Devin Booker because he is, he is a great young player, period. Like, when Kobe was his age, he was, of course, like, getting buckets. But it, I don't even think Kobe's... It just wasn't as refined. Like, Kobe... And Kobe was way more athletic. So, like, Kobe could rely on that. He could break you down get to the basket. But Devin Booker is really a bucket from three-point line in. He's still got to work on, like, his, his three-point game. He actually shot, like, maybe... or so in the finals, like it wasn't great, but mid-range, like he, he is a bucket. So I get that, like the scoring, but then they started saying the comparisons too much. Like, like he was Kobe reincarnated saying, like, I see flashes of Kobe. Cool. Got it. Yeah, we're good. But how they were every game. Oh, you know, Kobe Bryant talked to him once and that's what he wants to be like. And we see it on the court today. It was like, no, man, he's just another great young player. He's got a good future ahead of him, but like let the Kobe comparisons. He even said it himself, like stop comparing me, bro. He even himself was like, no, not even the hey, I'm honored. It was like, stop it.
0: I mean, Stephen A said he's the next Cupid Brian. Stephen A said it then. I mean, who are we to question? Stephen A. Smith.
3: Clickbait.
0: Wait, Pierce, you had a Stephen A. a. Your- Smith oh. said
1: that Joey Otani couldn't be the face of MLB. So, I, you know, we got to start canceling people like this. Okay. Like, we have to start canceling people like this.
0: Yeah. Why does Steve A have so much clout?
1: Bro, I don't He just for real became
2: like the face of the four-letter company and is really the face of like sports media right now. I don't know when he got so powerful.
3: And he's it's like – From his, his run in like like the early 2010s, like, you know, around the Heat era, he like was actually like a pretty good analyst in my opinion. But now it's just like he's just – He was also work.
0: next to Skip Boink.
3: Yeah, so, like, yes, in comparison, like, their their show, it's like, oh, he's, like, the more reasonable out of the two, and, like, Skip is saying Skip shit, so, like, Stephen A actually made sense, but now Stephen A is the new Skip, so he doesn't make sense. And
2: he was, like, you, like he was plugged into, like, the hottest basketball team we've ever yeah. seen, well, until the Warriors came, and every day it was, like, a whole LeBron segment, and Stephen A was last night when i was in bed cuddling lebron he told me that he's gonna go off because he really doesn't like the Dallas Mavericks so yeah he did he was plugged in but i i don't get it now how he's ascended to the apex mountain he's at now
1: it, it's it's like everything else look look at look at the most popular people now they're pretty popular on social media for whatever reason and because he's became such a meme for reactions it's, it's, that is, that's definitely, I think that's elevated him. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know what I mean? Cause now even the casual person that doesn't really watch ESPN or never really did, they know who Stephen A is just off of a meme. But also most sports fans are casuals.
2: So that's what it is. Casual, And I'm not saying I'm out here and I'm like, someone needs to sign me. Most sports fans are casuals and Stephen A gives them what they want to hear, and they can, like, argue with him. and So he's everything a casual wants.
0: Hey, yeah. let's have a conversation about that because I don't consider anybody on here a casual sports fan. You know, I'm not going to say we're experts, but we're above casual. How hard is it to find decent sports media that you don't have to, like, sift through because so much of it is geared towards the casual fan? Like, I understand when you're at, like, the four-letter network, um, your job is to, like, drive ratings. Your job is to get clicks. But at some point, where are the sports people who have really good content that is shit that they actually believe, besides Ron Solo? They're
2: all up a ringer. I mean, if you think about it, it's it's just like politics. Like, people are casual. The majority of people are casuals. like you don't have time to just be reading all these articles, Why You'll look at a box score. You'll look at the highlights on ESPN. And, like, those obviously don't tell the whole story. You maybe are listening to, like, first take on your way to work. Just, like, during election season, you might have CNN or Fox or whatever your news media outlet is. You have that on while you like, making your morning coffee. But then you go to work and you start doing your actual job. So, like, in everything, most people are casuals. And it's just hard to find someone who actually is, like, really pays more attention than your usual and knows a little bit more. And then those people also, you know, like to be like they like to talk down to casuals so yeah,
1: yeah some some I with like good sports takes like I can say that like for me I I've been a sportsman my entire life and even though I might have a little bit of bias in this towards the Falcons and a little bit uh, okay a lot Boink. Are, are you happy <laughs> I just admitted it on camera uh, <laughs>
3: but let's just get the story straight.
1: Well, uh, hey, uh, and then even Atlanta sports as a whole. Even though you know, I've always been a Lakers fan. Whatever, uh, I think that you know, growing up for me, that person was like Bill Simmons. Like, I used to love, and this was before, because he wasn't really on the ESPN like that. Like, You're in that right. exactly, I used to read like everything he had. Then when he had Grantland dot com on ESPN, then it. He, like, got away from it. I've always loved Bill Simmons, like, because to me, he's somebody that, un- like, he really does kind of get it. He's I mean, just like anyone else, he has bad takes, too. But that was, like, somebody that I've always, like, really listened to and, and truly did enjoy, like, reading um, his articles and stuff. Like, it, there, there aren't very many sense. out there.
0: That makes a lot of sense now that, like, Cause I listen, I listen to Bill Simmons every week, and the way that you can circle back to the Falcons, and the way that he can circle back to to a Boston team, you got a lot of Simmons in you, Paul. It's like I, I really see like the Simmons influence on your on your sports takes. Really? Yeah.
1: Are, no, I, I Are, I mean, are you calling him right? an influence? Huh? Are you calling him an influence?
0: I mean, yeah, I, I consume Bill Simmons. He can he influences some of the way that I consume sports. Like I, I when you give a guy 6 to 9 hours of your ears all every week, like it, what they say has to influence on how you uh consume things and when you're somebody who you actually respect and for the most part knows what they're talking about unless they're going with their hot takes and Jesus Christ, nobody can cook up a overreact overreactionary hot take like Bill Simmons. But I mean, yeah, I'm a huge Simmons fan. Let me, me and these two guys, we talk about Simmons all the time.
2: He's, he's moved down my ladder a little bit because Waz is just so good. And Rosillo is my favorite for a little bit. Like, yeah, they, everyone, everyone he gets, they all, for the most part, just talk good basketball.
0: Yeah. Except for Kevin O'Connor. I hate the way he watches basketball. I,
2: mean, I think I it's like hard KLC. to find
3: to find people mm-hmm. that that watch the game, you know, not like a casual fan, and can then like talk in depth because, like, like you said, I mean, like the majority of the world is just like, yeah, I'm watching basketball, and I'm not like watching the game. Uh, which I didn't, I didn't watch the game like at a critical level for a while, and I'm still honestly learning how to do that because, like, you just kind of find yourself watching the game as a fan. Uh, um, then you know, you, you see certain trends and stuff. Um, so I think I mean, it, it definitely takes a skill and it's not for everybody. Um, but yeah, definitely like Bracillo, like Simmons, even though he's been a little wonky over these past two years. Uh, they say everybody
1: from the ringer for real.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: the, the, no, I was just gonna say, yeah, the ringer, those are those guys are like the real, like low key, like insiders, like. They really are like when you really read those articles.
0: Well, if you talk to Julian Turner, that everything is not ESPN is garbage.
2: <laughs> ESPN still does have really good people. Like Jackie Mack, period, does a lot of good things. Windhorse, he's he's really good. Like they do still have good people over there. It's their prime time basketball people. Like Mark inside Jackie. the NBA, I don't really watch the pregame show. Is is just trash, terrible. Um, and then the halftime, yeah. like everything they do is just. Bad, and the show they're putting on is bad. And the TNT show is so much better. It, it just is crazy how their best basketball people are
1: not giving the spotlight. You, you, don't, you don't like Jalen Rose talking about basketball? No, no. no.
0: I, here, here's my problem with Jalen Rose and, and Woj and whoever else they put on there, Jay will Well, no more uh, – well, they
1: would be switching that shit up. I was going to say no more Maria Taylor, obviously, but –
0: they, 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 would, they
1: would be switch. They would be switch, switching those two out. They really would. Rachel because ESPN
0: would doesn't care about the personality; they care about the logo. As long as it's ESPN, you, 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 they'll be fine.
3: Well, they've got. The, they will be. <laughs> yeah.
0: So they I, the right. I mean, I know. I'm just saying.
3: I mean, I don't and listen actually, to ESPN. Would you say? I don't. I don't listen to ESPN if I want to learn something. Like I listen to ESPN. For background noise essentially, or if there's a game on, like I'll probably skip the pregame, and, you know, wait 15 minutes and just watch it. Like, I, I will not listen to ESPN for a take because of, I mean, yeah, I
0: like why don't I get more Zach Lowe?
1: Yeah, no, I yeah. listen to Zach Lowe's podcast yeah. all the time. Yeah, well, and, and think about it. him and Simmons are like,
0: yeah, Grantland,
1: yeah, exactly. So
0: but anyways, uh, let's transition. Is there anything else we want to talk about the finals or bash ESPN for? Because I'm I'm all for bashing ESPN.
1: Nothing nothing to to bash them about. I mean, I guess we have to get ready because what we got the draft coming up on Thursday, so we'll be. I mean, I'm gonna tune in. You know, um, I'm listening
0: to the Ringer feed. I'm not listening to the other to the. To the draft coverage that ESPN is going to provide, where everybody's going to be compared to a Hall of Famer, and I'm like,
1: I, yeah, I, I wish, know. I wish that they, and I guess you, you've got NBA TV, but like, I wish that it was similar to kind of how, because I like Rich Eisen too. Like, I do like Rich Eisen. Uh, he's got a pretty good, and his show is pretty good. Uh, Dan Patrick too. Like, there, like, there are certain people that have got these niche kind of like. They're, they're specific like to me i think of dan patrick's and rich eyes and more as football people than anything right even yeah. though i know they do more than just that but like that's really kind of their niche right like they specifically stick to is that good.
2: yeah Dan you know? Patrick's really good
1: yeah, yeah. yeah and right and dan patrick obviously being He's legendary at, too yeah yeah being legendary at the four letter network like uh Guys like that.
3: Kobe of ESPN since he's being legendary
1: Well Kobe's not the only legend but uh, I appreciate you for bringing him into this so that I can talk about it oh, boy. Uh, no but seriously uh, you know there there are there are certain guys I wish that to where the NBA had it to where the draft did have multiple like feeds on TV because you can watch the NFL draft. What on like four different networks at once? I mean, so or not four different networks? Maybe four different channels because I know it's that like two four of them are yeah, yeah, like
0: you you can get the I mean? ESPN, like ESPN two. You can go get the NFL Network. You can go to Fox and actually get some good analysis. You know,
1: yeah. and ABC, which ABC is, but I'm saying they they all have the draft on ABC too. Like you know what I mean? Just to where at least at least we're not getting just one set of eyes on it at ESPN Football
0: Sport. Like, right, okay, let's get some off-season stuff, right? So I, I think this is going to be a very interesting off-season. Um, I am not written enough to the draft to really speak on it. Like, I've listened to some stuff, but I, I'll wait till they turn into pros to have opinions on most of them. Um,
2: we also didn't get a big enough sample size because the college basketball yeah. season was truncated. It's like, yeah, this draft, like, these scouts and analysts know, but
0: yeah,
3: we don't
2: have,
0: My they don't really know because no no. they never do. True. Um, so let, let's let's talk about some off-season moves that, that we think are going to happen. I said we start with the Lakers. There is a lot going around with the Lakers and what they're going to do. There's rumors of CP3. Don't see how that works under the cap. Uh, they have interest in Kyle Lowry. There's a Russell Westbrook trade rumor out there. Um Colin Cowherd has been floating this Bradley Bill thing for years. It's like since LeBron got to LA and he just says that LeBron likes Brad Bill. He just keeps putting it out there. And because I know that he has a relationship with Mav and, and, and rich that I think that he, he, you know, is saying some things for a reason. Uh, but again, I don't know what do the Lakers do? Like what direction do they go? Apparently Kuzma and, and, and Truder were fighting throughout the season. I'm like, like, what are y'all fighting over? Who can be the biggest disappointment to the team? Like, I I, I don't understand what direction the Lakers are gonna go to improve their team. But before y'all comment on that, I also want to put it out there for all the people who are like going crazy saying the Lakers have to make a move this offseason. They were the second team in the West before LeBron and AD got hurt. So I, I just think it needs to be said that they were not a seven seed with health. But where do the Lakers go next?
3: Uh, You know, point?
0: I'm going to go with you first because you're not a Lakers fan.
3: They need shooting. You know, as simple as that. Like, I mean, I saw the the deal for for, uh,
0: Buddy Yield?
3: Yeah, I was going to say the the deal for Buddy Yield. I think that would be good. Like, I'm not super, super high on Kuz. Like, I mean, I'm not a Lakers fan, but, like, even just watching the game, like, he doesn't really do much for me or Schroeder for that matter, uh, probably a little jaded from my Hawks days, but they really need to, like, clone, like, KCP or, like, Buddy Heel and just, like, you know, put three of them around LeBron James and, and AD and have them just ready to shoot, and, like, that's it.
0: So so what do we think about – Nah, I can't even do that. I would say what do we think about a big three of – of uh, Swipe of the Fox, Halliburton, and Kyle Kuzma.
3: <laughs> I mean, good luck to the other two not named Kyle Kuzma.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's going
3: to be trying to get his 25 and maybe like 8
2: and 4. Didn't Halliburton tear his ACL? Did, Did he? I
0: didn't on that.
2: Yeah, he, way, he took it, but- even with the torn ACL, he's better than Kyle Kuzma. Like, playing on a hobbled leg with crutches, I, he's better than Kyle Kuzma. Like,
3: like wherever Kuz goes next, he, is I feel bad for them.
1: Yeah, because they, they got to pay for that shit. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, 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 can you imagine having to cut a check for Kyle Kuzma, bro? Like, and be like, yeah, here, man, here's millions of dollars to, like... That's what I'm saying. You know, essentially... Uh, not do anything, and so I I think uh, seriously that I think you're absolutely right. The world, the sky is not falling on the Lakers. Like you said, health is going to be a big thing, but I think that they have to take they have to look at the mirror, look in the mirror, and examine themselves and say, "Hey, this team was good enough to get it done." Two, or I guess now it would still be a year ago, but let's just because this upcoming season's coming two years ago. This team is good enough to get it done. LeBron's not getting any younger, and he's obviously getting hurt now, which is something he's got to avoid, you know, his entire career, his injuries. And so you look at it from this perspective. Your next move, I know that everything is about one year. Getting Buddy healed and then potentially making another small move to get somebody that's going to be good for just making this championship run this upcoming year. But the thought is LeBron's shelf life. How many more titles can you really get out of him? And it's no secret what his goal is. His goal is to either play with Bronny or play against Bronny. But he wants to be in the league when his son is in the league. And so getting Buddy Hill to me is a short fix, and it gives you this, cuz Buddy Hill is no superstar, but he is a guy that's going to shoot 40% from 3 and give you 20 points a night. That like, you know what I mean, that's great. Like so they'll be in contention and probably, you know, be a favorite like they are even now without him, you know, from Vegas' standpoint. I think that that will be good for next year. But if you're going to make a move, don't you want to make a move to where it's like once LeBron LeBron's really – kind because he is winding down. I mean, nobody wants to say it. He's not Tom Brady in a sense of Tom is able to do it like he's just able to do it. That shit is unbelievable. Like, anyone can say what they want about Tom. But, like, LeBron's not going to be able to do that in basketball. And so, for me, if I'm the Lakers, if you want to just win one more, you need to go all in and – get nothing but a lot of really good pieces because you don't have the money to get a third superstar. Like, you know what I mean? Unless you see a young player that you can get that you have that feel for that can be a superstar. And, pack, and I if, Trez
0: ops in, if Trez opts in, you package Trez, Kuz, and KCP, you could, you could kind of make something shake, but it would have to be a Brad Bill type distress asset that says, send me to L.A. only. And that's the only place I want to go, and I only have one year left to my contract.
2: But period, that's that's what you have to do, anyways. Because what LeBron just holds franchises for for ransom, like period. Everywhere he's gone, he holds you hostage, and you have just that window while he's there. There is no like Spurs with David Robinson. Now we've got Duncan, and once one superstar leaves, we still have a future. Like there is none of that when LeBron is on your team. Once LeBron leaves, the breakup is just as ugly as how fun and lavish it was when he comes so yes ad will probably be sticking around but it's it's gonna be a whole new rebuild and like rebuilding around ad is not bad especially if he can stay healthy but they're gonna need to get a piece for next year because i think the window is next year so
0: so what about the russell westbrook thing i i don't like russ in the playoffs but do you think russ and his intensity could bring something to the Lakers in the regular season that allows LeBron to, you know, chill a little bit more, take some games off, and then if injury does happen, that you're still super competitive throughout the regular season because I think that's the one thing that they lost. When when LeBron was gone, I mean, AD and, and DS-17, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, That's you the you only Russ- way. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Wayne.
3: I was going to say, you got Russ going like – nine for, or not even nine, like five for 25, like in the playoffs. And it's like, do you want that? Like, do you want him to carry you through the regular season and get you to, to the playoffs and, and kind of play like shit or what? Like, what do you want?
2: But that's the thing is like, since KD left, he's had to do that. Like he had to do it in OKC. Yes, they had PG, but he was, he was feeling himself a little bit there. And then with the Wizards, like it was just him and Bradley Beal. So I think the only way it helps is his intensity. Like, you don't want to have to be guarding LeBron out on the perimeter and then be having to run with Russell Westbrook. I'd be like, bro, what the fuck is going on? Like, I got to – LeBron's the biggest motherfucker in the league. I also got to now run with the just most explosive dude. Like, this, this ain't fun for me anymore. So I think yeah, I that's I the trust way his Is his
3: athleticism, like, going forward. I trust the athleticism
2: and the intensity.
3: I trust the intensity. I don't trust the athleticism.
2: Oh, he's still super quick, and he can still jump out the gym. He's going to make turnovers and stuff, so I think LeBron and AD can calm him down, but I'm not saying this as a, like, Palenka, get on the phone, like, make the deal for Russ. I'm saying if we get Russ, I'm very skeptical, but I see a very narrow path where (laughs) it could work out. This is me being an optimist. I'm not saying, like, oh, yeah, Russ coming to Lakers, like, pencil in the championship, like, right in stone. And if that's he comes, definitely. like, there is an avenue where it could be okay. But I'm I'm watching like this the entire time.
1: <laughs> that's that's definitely a best-case scenario. Like, I just – I think with a guy like Russ, you have to ask yourself, A, hey, let's stop acting like he doesn't get hurt too. And then B, you know, the type of basketball that he does play isn't necessarily Wait. good with, with a guy that already gets injured and then a guy that is an aging – you know, back end of his prime, twilight player like LeBron, I I, I would want to go the youngest route possible. I would try and set up the team now. If if you're trying to do this for a two to three year plan, which is what's basically left on LeBron's contract, I would. Plaza. And they, they they've got to do their due diligence. They really do on a guy like that. And it's no secret here. Clearly, I'm a biased person, but I'm also a realist too. And I think that I said this in our message group, and I know it might sound crazy to everybody, but I think that a guy like Colin Sexton would be, a, depending on what you think of him, he's played in Cleveland. Look, Kyrie, say what you want to say, was doing damn near the same thing in Cleveland once LeBron left too. A guy like Colin, he is a gym rat.
2: No, he, I, he, he was doing things in Cleveland – and yes, he was getting numbers, and then so was Kyrie and LeBron came, but there are dudes on bad teams that get because like Devin Booker was not a good a good stats bad team guy. He was a good player on a bad team, and he just wasn't translating to wins because the team was bad, and now he got players. Colin Sexton is not a good player, and people know like, go ahead and yeah, no no, how efficient Does, is it?. The Who the the Kenyon Martin Jr. was averaging like twenty-seven points for like a week, and of course, like it's not a whole season. He did come in late, but what I'm saying is, Colin Sexton is not it. It is oh hell no, keep his ass in Cleveland. Collins, is,
3: is he
1: up for a Collins, contract? Collins. Yeah, well, he's in the last year of his deal, and so. But the thing, this is what I said, and like I said, it's not me knowing him personally. It really isn't even that. I think that what it is for me, he. He he does have that dog in him. Like, he really does. And every year, statistically, he's improved greatly. Every year. He's like 17 points a game his rookie year. Then it was like 20 last year. This year was like 24 and a half points. Bad team, of course. It's just, and a bad, Let's just keep it 100, too. Bad organization. Cavs are bad organization, too. Kevin in love. A guy like him can thrive around – LeBron and A B, in my opinion. But because what, he, what do
0: you have to give up to get Kylin?
1: But this is my point. You don't have to give up much to get him. His his trade va- value might be mid-level at best. You know what I mean? Like nobody is trading a star for him. You know what I'm saying? Like without them giving up a lot more to do it. He wants to get paid. I mean, that's the reality. Like, this is what he's been playing his entire life for. Of course, he wants the same deal that De'Aaron Fox got. Like, of course so he wants a max. If I were the Lakers,
3: that's where I would have pause because, like, we just saw what, what Dennis Schroeder did this past year, like but, kind of playing for a contract. But,
1: but here's the thing, but here's the thing, too. You don't have to pay him. He still is under contract for one more year. You do have his bird rights. Let it play out. I'm sure that he'll still do good. But like, the contract's still looming.
3: On- he's still going to be playing for a con- like. He's still going to be playing for his numbers and for his contract, which, like, he
0: should be. If he never, if, Bring the laws, boy, back to L.A. Let's say
1: let's – say, hold on. Let's say that a trade happened and they gave up Kuz, – because Kuzma would be the center behind the, the deal. Like, that would be the centerpiece from the Lakers. Yes. They don't have picks. I mean, so, like, you're giving up him and probably KCP and or maybe they're even saying, no, we want fucking uh, Kuzma and Taylor horton Tucker. Let's say that that's the base package of a deal like that. You make that trade, Colin comes, he's going to play under it, and he knows that coming into it. Obviously, he's playing under a contract. He's not ball hogging with AD and fucking LeBron there. But I guarantee you this, he's still giving you 20 points, and come playoff time, you're in a position to where you're still going to be competitive to to win the title like you know what i mean you're gonna be in that position he'll still get his 20 or whatever they make it let's say they make it to the west final they lose to the nuggets
0: that's not happening. Make it so colin
2: LeBron. wait wait so colin sexton right now is averaging 24 points a game with isaac okoro darius garland and jared allen you put him on a team with lebron and ad he's only going down four points a game and
1: not ball like in what world is he doing that He's a better, he's a he gets better every year. He can't shoot every shot. I mean, if, and I guess we, we would have to look at, we would have to look at, and think about it, that's why he only averaged four and a half assists a game. I mean, we have to almost look at the whole body of work. This is a bad, this is a, and he's not even the point guard, technically. Darius Garland's the point guard. So it's not like he's a point guard. He, look, he, shot, 40%,
0: he, shot,
1: he shot 40% from three. Uh, he has nobody to pass the ball to, he has nobody to pass the ball to, and you know, who's their coach, JB Bickerstaff? Okay, that's a he's a a cool
2: young player, but I'm saying, like, you see, you saw young Kyrie, you see a tray before they got Bogdanovich, and like they put the pieces together, you still saw flashes. And like with Colin, I'm not saying he's a bad player, he's a good young, I just just don't see it, I don't see it.
1: he dropped like forty eight on the Nets with the big three. What do we're that Jeremy Grant had
2: an offensive renaissance this year too. So I'm saying like in the league, this is the best time to be scoring points for anybody. And he is on a team where somebody got to score. Like he is on a terrible team with players that cannot shoot and cannot get a bucket. Somebody's got to score. That's the same reason people were like, "Oh, that Christian Wood guy." Like, no, some somebody's got to do something. Somebody's got to grab the rebound. <laughs> somebody's got to put the ball in the basket because you can only have five guys. Up
0: there. Look at so what I'm about Lonzo about ball back he's to the Lakers? Jesus Christ! No, Lonzo ball back to the Lakers. Lonzo can now shoot it. He has his grown man body, and he's already played with LeBron. I think he would be a great, a great point guard for what the Lakers need.
3: I mean, I think that's fine. I think what lebron really wants and the, what the lakers need are basically like soldiers like somebody that won't really get in the way and you know they take their marching orders and like you know yes sir mr lebron i can do that and then they do it and they don't care about their own stats you know they're not trying to get paid like that's what lebron likes and wants and that's what the lakers should, should try to do if they want to keep him happy
2: I think he needs so, another right. bucket getter. Like when he does his best, he had D Wade, who was still like bucket getting D Wade. Then he had bucket getting Kyrie. Like he, of course, space space the floor with shooters around him, but he needs another guy. Like I'm gonna dump it off to you. You go ahead and get it. And yeah, if AD can't Lonzo. do that, I think a Brad Beal can do it. Lonzo can't do that.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't say Lonzo, but like like somebody that's like like, not that high profile that can, like, still go out and get you a bucket. Maybe Colin's that guy. I know he is a bucket. But, like, well, I would that's just be concerned if I were remember Lakers before Colin, the contract.
1: Colin is only 22. Like, I know that, like, that sounds crazy to say out loud. He's still only 22 years old. Like, this is – and, like I said, there is a biasness there, I guess, in a sense. But at the same time, it really isn't. This is somebody that has, like, improved every single year and if you're trying to build it to where win now and also set yourself up for the future it would depend on what the Lakers brass thinks about him. Does Genie and Rob and uh I guess Frank do they think that he has that potential in him? Maybe not but if if they're if they're gonna do that if they're if they're not gonna do something like that then they do need to just try and win a title next year. And centering Kuzma in a deal Kuzma, KCP, Schroeder on a sign and trade, and Harold should be able to get you Lonzo and Buddy Hill on that team. And to me, that looks a hell of a lot better because hell, yeah. they were bare, they were yeah. fucking playing uh, Harold anyways. And so yeah. when it mattered, they weren't. And so that that four group to get those two guys, I would do that then if we're trying to build a Lakers team that can win a championship next season.
0: Beautiful way to close out the Lakers, man. So we got some other distressed assets out here. Uh, We've got Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons has, I believe, what, four years left on his deal. Uh, He had a terrible playoff showing. He's a clutch athlete, which apparently is a bad thing in in sports media. He um, also plays for Philly. And I want to put all of this stuff out there because I think it's very important to, to frame it this way because, yeah, Ben Simmons wants to leave. Philly Brass wants him gone. But Daryl Morey is his GM. So I don't think Daryl Morey gets trampled by Rich Paul and Clutch Sports like most agents, uh, like most front offices have. Where do y'all think Ben Simmons ends up going? And and what does that trade package look like? I I think the best trade package right now would be like Ben for CJ McCollum and name that draft pick. Because I just don't see – I don't see – Portland just coming off of Dane uh, so quickly. But I got to go piss, so I'll be back.
1: I mean, personally, I think Dane's in Minnesota. I I was just going to say, well, Dane's going to come off of uh, Portland if they do that. I mean, yeah, like like that's not going to fucking make him happy. He's going to be like, oh, great. You gave me somebody that can't shoot. So now I really have to do even more. That would be an awful trade for Portland. It'd be a great trade for uh, Philly. In my opinion, but like, but then again, too. Then who's running? Is CJ McCollum running point guard? No, probably not. I mean, I think Minnesota. Minnesota teams to trade for
2: him. But what would they? What would they give up?
1: Minnesota? Like if you're Philly
2: and you can actually think you can fleece Minnesota, what do you want back? I uh, guess. Do you want Anthony Edwards? Nah, really. Oh, I think I he dropped
1: Like his phone yeah. died or something. But. But right. The, that's the real question, too. What what do you get in return from a team like Minnesota? And I think that like a team like Minnesota, obviously D'Lo is like the centerpiece of that trade. But then you're looking at it. And if you're Minnesota, you're like, OK, well, how does how does he look with how does Ben Simmons even look with uh, Cat? Uh, Beasley's been, you know, he was definitely before all this stuff that happened this season. He had been doing great. You know what I mean? He was. He was he was coming into his own as a player. He's not an all star, but certainly a trade chip for for anyone. And so, um, if it's if it's a team like Minnesota, even though I, I, if I'm not mistaken, what I read and heard, that's like kind of off the table. Like they don't even want to trade deal for him. They would prefer to stick with stick to the course of what it is that they're doing because they know you get rid of, rid of him. There's enough ball to go around for Beasley ant man and cat i guess but like minnesota is just one of those teams too that's just in like dormant like you know yeah, I mean? i'd just rather like, have
2: ben than than d also i wouldn't trade for d yeah
1: i mean i i just i don't i don't think that uh that, that that's a deal that would go down like i i, I wouldn't do it um they're kind of just stuck in this this place with him and and I think I even read a report today that said that he was like ghosting them or something which we don't know how true that is but just imagine being like one of the two best players on a team and like just not answering the phone from the ownership or the management or whatever.
0: Is there a move that makes sense for Ben Simmons like I heard the Warriors move but I'm like so I'm going to be traded
2: only move that makes sense is when they have the opportunity to maybe get James Harden. Like nothing else makes sense now.
1: Yeah, and they should have did it. Like that was yeah, dumb. Yeah, like yeah, them not right. doing that was like the dumbest shit ever. Like I think what? it was out of their control.
0: Some of some people said that Fatina came in and said, "No, we're not making that deal." And then I want to say uh, I read somewhere that either Maxi or Thibault was the like piece that they didn't want to part from for James Harden. Uh, which is nuts Also people said stuff like the, the Heat can't give up Tyler Hero for James Harden You know what I mean <laughs> Jesus Christ
3: this shit He has a song say. named after him you know, Can't really trade that
0: Speaking of Tyler Hero uh, His teammate Duncan Robinson's about to get paid Who's going to give Duncan two for 80 I mean four for 80
2: Let's say nobody would give him two for 80 <laughs> <laughs> right. hey.
0: Somebody Four for him, 80 Somebody's giving him four for 80 though
2: I think a lot of teams would give him that. Like, I don't even think it'd be like, this franchise is dominant. I think a lot of teams, if they have the cap space and the pieces already, like plugging another shooter, I think would make that deal real quick.
1: You want to know what team makes a lot of sense? And it made me think maybe that's kind of why they didn't bring uh, him back. And I don't know what their cap situation is like. I know that Paul Millsap's contract isn't what it used to be. But why wouldn't Denver be a perfect fit? add him you know you're going to get murray back will um, barton just
0: opted out so that freed up 14 mil
1: that would be actually well, be a good piece there yeah. yeah yeah like he'd be he'd be perfect there <laughs> i mean you you need a, any nba team needs as much shooting as possible and that was like the reason why the hawks were so successful in the playoffs they had so many guys that could actually shoot the ball that i think it shocked the shit out of people that that they really did they have so many guys that could average between 11 and 15, 16 points a game like at all positions almost except you know big man. But I mean, think
0: even though Clint was still good, was good to like get you a trash man's 12 and 12 12 and 15. Yeah, he led the league t- in offensive t- rebounds. T- re- t- um speaking of the Hawks, what do you think we do with John Collins? Pay the man.
2: For what? Like he he gets his buckets but they really don't
3: help anything.
2: And it's crazy that, like, All to I say is him is scoring twenty points that, doesn't help. That but, like, it really
3: series doesn't. when he banged on Troel and Bead that flipped the series. He won that series with that dunk. The, Not really, the, but you see what I'm saying.
1: The, the know. real question is: Do you let him test free agency? Do you let him even get to that point? Do you close the deal before he can test it? Because that would be the thing that the Hawks would have to think: We can't really afford to lose you, especially for nothing. If you do walk, can we get somebody better than you is the thing. Because now now that we've done this run, maybe people will take us seriously as a destination because Atlanta is not a bad place to live. You know what I mean? That's like one of the weirdest parts about why the Hawks have never gotten free agents. Like, I I get it. I know that joke is everybody's side chick lives here. But, like, this has never been a place that anyone's wanted to sign. And it's always been weird because everybody hangs out here – there is that culture, that Black Hollywood, or whatever you want to call it. Like, there I is mean, that that but kind there's of also that's here. And then,
0: what about the stuff that goes through our group text every single day for reasons why you wouldn't want to live in Atlanta?
1: That shit, but that shit is like low key recent. And Keisha's about to be out as mayor. Kasim's about to get watched. He's going to be reelected. But like uh, that that shit's like been relatively new too. Like you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> the crime aspect of it. I mean, I know, like, Young Way Koo's Jeep got stolen, but, like, you know, that's not happening to every – they're kissing those people's asses out here. And so um, being here and being able to – you know, think about it. Dominique Wilkins has a statue, and it's not that Dominique wasn't great because he – I guess he was, but, like, at the same time, that is, like, the high mark of the greatest player in Atlanta Hawks basketball history. I'm not counting Bob Pettit, Pete Maravich. I'm not counting him either. Like he didn't play here that long. Like, like he was like a jazz too. like, you know what I mean? So like there isn't even a hot mark here to, you can, if somebody gets to the NBA finals, it's just like, bro, you're going to get a day named after you. You're going to magic city for like, they're giving you money to throw at them. You're not even spending your own money. Like you're getting your ass pissed so much here if you're like a true baller, like, you know what I mean? Like you really would.
0: I think we keep Collins. I, I, I think we, I think we match, we match the offer because you don't want to lose the asset for nothing. Even if you, if you flip him mid season or next off season, right? You just match the offer sheet and, and you, you keep, you keep that asset because I don't think we need him next year. We have a healthy Deandre Hunter. Cam Reddit showed showed his ass in game six versus versus Milwaukee. And as somebody who was at that game, he was the only Hawk who felt like the Hawks had a chance of winning. Pi, you remember how at Philly Game Six, how the whole, whole arena was into the game. We thought we were going to win the game. Everybody's going crazy. Game six of the following series did not feel that way. Like there was so little energy in the arena the entire game. And uh, but Cam but Cam Reddish, Uh nah, he he was there to win. Like he really thought we were gonna win. I mean, down eleven, he's hitting threes and talking cash money. Um, so
1: and and what he did, and what he did was not to cut you off, but like what he did was create himself as an asset because who's to say the Hawks don't want to?
0: Look at that, the Hawks are just tapping into the stream because. He's trying to say uh, uh, he, he kind
1: of set himself up good. That little bit of a comeback he had, because everybody knows he's got potential. Still a rookie deal. He kind of set himself up, but you want to know the.
0: uh we're losing you. Um,
3: I'll hop in and say John Collins. I think he has. I think he showed that he has a little dog in him, throughout this playoffs, mm-hmm. and like I liked it because like I didn't really I didn't you know I'm I'm a hop supporter, but like. I didn't really watch them throughout the the year uh just based off them not having a lot of national games and like watching throughout the playoffs like it's like you got a little dog in them I like that You got he a lot of dog game. in them but is it is it yeah. going to
2: help you win games?
0: I mean
3: Westbrook
2: has I mean I dog. think we saw it.
0: I think he's a good asset but we'll we'll, we'll see. Is, is there any other thing, Major, you want to talk about? Did we, did we really talk about Dane? Did we really talk about Brad, Bill? I, I, I struggle with those two because I don't know what makes sense or what's going to happen.
3: I think Dane's out of there. Brad is probably saying? out of there. That, I don't know. Like, I hope it's not the Knicks.
2: Oh. I actually would really like to see him in Philly, but I I just don't know how that would happen.
0: Kawhi opts in, right?
1: Yeah,
2: I think so. Like, where else would he go?
1: I think, I think he opts out, just even if it's just to get a new deal with them. I, because even, even, even with the injury, like, somebody will pay him. You know what I mean? Like, he's that good. He is that good to where he'll make more money, even if he knows that he's going to stay with the Clippers. Like, he's opting out just because he's going to get paid more and more security.
0: What about uh, CP3? Does he stay in Phoenix?
1: i i want to say yeah on that but like you know it's it's so wild that somebody like him at 36 37 can turn down 44 million dollars guaranteed and like feel really good about it just because he knows because of how well he just played that somebody will give him 120 million dollars over three years Or maybe not 120, but like 110, something like that. Somebody will still lock him up to guarantee himself an additional 60 to 70 million dollars after next year.
2: Yeah, he he can make more money, but he can't make more money and go to a better situation. So his best move, if he wants to win a ring, is either stay with Phoenix and probably not get a ring, but make a ton of money, or take a pay cut and go to like LA. But Think with that much money on the table and if for not to be a sure thing, I, he'd probably just stay with Phoenix.
0: Um anything else also? oh, does Kyle Lowry go to does Kyle Lowry go to uh the Pelicans and revive that franchise?
1: That's a hell no.
0: DeMar <laughs> DeRosa who cares, who he cares
3: he... where Kyle Lowry goes.
0: I mean Kyle if it's Lowry. Not He's one of the most thought after free agents out here. We got Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan.
2: I can see Demar going to L.A. Yeah, like like Pierce said, I can see that happening.
0: He, he said in uh, Shannon's uh, uh-huh. on club, say say that he you know he liked that. He think make that he could make it work with AD and LeBron. I
3: mean, I've already I've always liked Demar Derozan for no apparent reason that I can not even articulate right now. So I wouldn't be mad if he went to L.A. Like,
0: I think he Kobe would maybe? be
3: like. What's
0: up? Kind of remind you of Kobe.
3: <laughs> if you want to see, he it, actually does. Mid-range. Yeah, no, he's closer to
0: Kobe than Devin Booker yeah. is because he was athletic and explosive as a young player, and has a really good mid-range game. Yeah, his whole yeah. game—if like, you watch him—is is.
2: like his pro Kobe. It's like that early 2000s. He doesn't really shoot a lot of threes. His mid-range is crazy, and his athleticism is off the charts. Well, he's older now, but like that's what his game was like. His game was not the. Ladder half Kobe where I'm a bus from anywhere on the court and there's nothing you can do about it. Froby Kobe, that is that is DeMar DeRozan's game if you watch it. Whereas Booker is just a bucket. And they're like, we haven't really seen one get buckets like this since well Kobe. So let's compare him to Kobe when he that's not who he is. All
0: right. Yeah. So let's it, let's get to let's get to some team USA stuff. Are we going is. to go send them with? home? Like, what do we think the problem is here? Like, is it people not wanting to play? Is it is it the roster? Uh, I mean, somebody sent me a post saying that it's Pop's fault, which I just think is absolutely insane. Like, we're just not going to blame the whole thing on Pop. Is it the USA not playing with the same guys internationally to build that continuity uh, like a lot of the other countries do because they don't have as many options to insert in as we do, so we just be like, fuck it. We can just throw whoever in here. Like, what? what What do y'all think the problem is with Team USA? I'll start with you, Boink, since you're wearing your Team USA gear.
3: Yeah, I got a rep for the the 96 Olympics in, in Atlanta. But honestly, I think these guys are tired. Like, it's been a long, like, if you count the 2020 season that was broken up into two parts, like, just the pandemic and everything. Like, it's been a long, like, 18, 20 months, however long it's been. And I think these guys are, like, physically tired and not mentally all the way in, you know, the Olympic mode. Like, and I think it's just showing, like they're kind of going through the motions, like hopefully they can pick it up. But like, if they don't, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. Like, I don't even think this is, like, I mean, I guess it's like comparable to 2004 because that's the last time, you know, the U S men's team didn't, didn't do so hot, but like, it just seems like they're going through the motions and it's like, So, yeah, I guess, I mean, the roster isn't built well either. But, you know, we've proven that we just can't slap together, you know, 15 guys and and call it good anymore. Like, that's not going to cut it. But I I honestly don't think that they are that
1: invested in the Olympics. These these aren't the best players uh, that the United States has to offer. Let's start there. Then there is the continuity of Coach K has been the coach, what, the last three or four teams, and Pop's a great coach. You know, nobody's going to dispute that. You could argue, I mean, even though Phil's got the ring, you could really argue the best. He's really the best coach. But um, they they don't have the best players. This shit is slapped together. I mean, you know, the Olympics itself (laughs) has been slapped together. And so – you add all that up and mix it in a blender and then you throw in the hunger of another nation that's like, you know, this is kind of our time. Like if we're gonna do it, this is probably when we need to catch the, you know, the United States slipping. And then, you know, international talent has just gotten better in general. I think I said it in our group uh earlier this week. When you look at the NBA, it's it's split in twos. It's it's niggas and then it's international players. There's really no in-between with that. And so, um, you know, international talent has gotten better. That's why why Luca can take Slovenia, a nation that literally – I don't know if this is their first Olympics, but it's been a long time since they've even been in it. And he comes out against Argentina, who isn't a pushover in international competition – and does what he did? What did he have? He had forty-five. What did he have? Forty-eight. Like 11. Forty-eight. Like thirteen. Yeah. I mean, he, who the fuck puts up a fifty ball in, in international? Club? Nobody. Nobody. And and they did it and beat them like convincingly. And so, you know, if the, if there's a time to do it, it's it's now. And I'll be does right Luka, back.
0: Does Luca become the best player in the league if he takes Lavinia to the gold? No. Like it's still
2: international play is so different. And I think like everyone is getting worried. I think the USA is still going to do fine. Like if you think about it, France is probably the second best team we lost to the Aussies and we lost to Nigeria. And those were exhibitions and we're like crazy that we lost, but Nigeria, I will say like, no excuse for that one. The Aussies are a good team and the French team, we just played in the gold medal game in Rio in 16. So like, that is probably the sec the second best team in the field, and we lost two by a handful of points. And it was really down to the wire. We were down three, and they, like, missed a three to tie it. They had, like, two good looks at it, missed that three to tie it. So everyone's getting worried, and I'm like, we played a really good team in Olympic play. We lost by a very slim margin. These teams play together all the time. Like, we threw this team together a few weeks they were like, oh, we got a few weeks out. We'll just have you guys all out in Vegas, uh, throw some shots up, do that little one-on-one stuff. We'll make some overtime ball is life videos, and then we're, we're good to go. But that's really like they, they threw this team together. But the team is good. It's not like the teams that we had in the qualifying matches that were like Miles Turner was our starting five. Like it's, it's still a good team. If it were an NBA team, it'd be the best team in the NBA. And this is a team with the most NBA players, the most NBA talent, figuring each other out against dudes that play international style basketball. It is like there are some small nuances, but there are differences. And then there are also these teams play together year in and year out. And this team is these teams are so used to playing against each other. And then like Joel said, they're probably tired because they're playing a long season and against the best competition in the world in the NBA all the time. So, I think give them, a, give them a, like a week and a half to figure it out. And I think when it comes, to, by the time gold medal game happens, it's going to be us against somebody.
3: And yeah. On the plus side, if they don't win the gold, then, like, you know, in, I guess, three years in Paris, and, like, you know, all the heavy guns are going to come out because, you know, we got another redeemed team. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: I think Luca does take them to a medal game, though. I, I, I think they'll be in, like, the bronze match.
0: I'd hate to see Luka in in the gold game against us, though. I, I mean, I don't know how how it, the pools are set up or, or where they or where we'd fall in, in the bracket, but I, I just hate to see that. Like, I would just uh, the, the American sports media would stop and talk about this in far entirely too long when they should be talking about football because football is gearing up. Um, but yeah, I, I I think the Olympic thing is something to look at, but I don't think it's that damn serious. We, we still have the best players in the world, but I, but I do think it does show some gaps in the American style of basketball that is a bit more individual based um, and less of a team style of game. And now that and and foul now,
1: dependent. huh? And foul dependent.
0: Yes, and very foul dependent. That's another thing how a lot of players Love rely it. on on a whistle to get into their bag. that's a part of their game when you're not getting that whistle. Because the game's called differently. The game's played differently. They
1: don't give a fuck who you are.
0: Yeah, and, and, and the officials don't care who you are. Like, you're not just going to go curse them out, and they actually care. So, lastly, before we close out, we're all college sports, uh, college football fans. I, I'm not a college basketball fan. Um, I I prefer to watch other things with my, with my life. But, anyways, we're, we're college football fans. And some big stuff came out uh, this past week. Oklahoma OU and the University of Texas are joining the SEC. Uh one of these teams belongs and the other just has a big brand. Um what are your thoughts on those two teams joining the SEC? And then moving forward, what is the landscape of college football going to look like as we see like these super conferences being built cuz like just rumors that USC is going is the Big 10 interested in USC. Obviously the Big 10's been interested in Notre Dame, but Notre Dame is like we can get our own money. So, like, what – how does this hit – let's go to the Pac-12 guy first. Like, because now the Big 12 and the Pac-12 could, could possibly be, become FCS-type uh, divisions, or, or not FCS, but not non-Power 5 conferences, you know. How does that, like, make you feel with California being so talented?
2: Well, first of all – Notre Dame did want to join the Big Ten a long time ago Michigan was petty and was like if they join we're leaving and they really fumbled a bag because Notre Dame would have brought in a ton of money but I I wouldn't be surprised it like geographically it doesn't make sense but they're trying to take like the top six so those historic programs the UCLA USC Oregon said Washington and Cal into the Big Ten the big Ten already has like Fifteen teams, so they're going to have to knock out their lower teams, and it's going to become one super conference. The ACC and SEC are going to have to do something similar. The Big Twelve really, once they lose OU and Texas, who I think with Sark there could have a resurgence. Like you've seen what happened with all the coaches under Saban. Once they leave, they do well. Like Lane Kiffin was awful at USC. I think that's the the recipe. You got to go to USC, do terrible, and then you got to go under Saban, and then you'll you'll do well. But I think. Stark can probably open up that offense like the coach before didn't. So I think it would be interesting to see. But once you start losing your big-name brands from your conference, like your conference is done. If the Pac-12, who really is surviving by SC and Oregon, loses those two, and you tell me they're going to lose another four with it, like they're going to be done. And then if the ACC loses, just Clemson. That's the only really person they've got. They're done. And it's just going to make like, why are we doing this? And it's going to turn into just like, a few big super conferences and college ball, probably like traditional be gone, but every Saturday will be the best Saturday ever. You'll still have your Alabama will still play in the iron bowl every year, but now you'll have an Alabama versus Ohio state. And you can have that like week four, because that's just the way the super conferences match up now. And like, who wouldn't want to see that? And now we're going to have a much better playoff system. So it's going to suck for tradition, but like Michigan, Ohio state will still play every year. Notre Dame, USC will still play every year. The the crazy rivalries that we that fans go nuts for, you guys versus uh, Georgia versus Florida, like the cocktail party still happening. Those big games are going to happen every year. And now I don't have to watch Alabama play the Citadel or South Carolina upstate. So I'm saying like
0: man, college football I mean, will be the best it's the ever Citadel been. Now. No shots at the Citadel. One of my man's on the staff there.
1: Yeah, the Citadel is trash. You know, it's funny the Citadel was beating Alabama one year at halftime, but. Uh, and dead they really were. They really were, and of and course Southern they still lost by 300
0: four. rushing yards on them.
1: Yeah, and so and that's the glory of college football, and that's why I don't want it to happen. I I just think that at this point, if you had Oklahoma and Texas, just throw Clemson and Ohio State in there, call them the Power Conference, and then let everybody else be Division One AA. I mean, <laughs> and then from there, the, the winner of the Division One AA. Can join the playoff of the Power Conference, aka the SEC. I mean, it just, I don't like the idea of it. Even with an expanded playoff, everybody's like, well, it's more parody. Alabama can lose more in the regular season. Okay. Alabama lost two games and still won the national championship without winning the SEC West or the SEC. And so I just, I don't, I don't like the idea of that, you know. Being the case, if they wanted to create more parity than college football, they would make it to where, in a weird way, it's like a cap restriction. There's only X amount. They already give them a cap restriction on uh, scholarships. And I understand that they can only offer X amount of those. But if you start to uh, X out the amount of five stars that you can offer that stuff to, or force, like, and there's no way to really cap that because so many guys can go from three star to five star over a summer, right? And you can offer them in 10th grade, but they were a three star, but then they became a five star. I
0: just, I, I don't, or you, or you cut scholarships for the best teams. You know, I, I think now's the,
1: well,
0: now the prime time for the NCAA to, to like exist for once in college football and set up scheduling almost like NFL type scheduling where you were where the good teams have to play the good teams. And I, and I mean, it sucks if you're a struggling program that you can't go get your face beat out for, by Alabama for 500000 this year. But, hey, look, so we, we, we want better football. I, I don't want to watch these bad games, which is why I like what, what's going to happen with the SEC. Hopefully the Big 12, the Pac-12, and the Mountain West can figure out something to revitalize West Coast football and USC stays out there because what I think it could do is it could open up – I think this opens up just craziness in recruiting, right? Because now parents are going to get to watch their kids play on on TV, even though they're further away, and it's just expanding the recruiting footprint of some of these uh, uh programs. Um, but I don't know. It's weird. It's super weird, but I like it. I I, I think that there should just be more good college football. It's the only great. Thing it's I great. Don't like is
3: you know, selfishly, as you know, Adam and Pierce, you are. I'm a Georgia fan, so I don't want Alabama and and Auburn. well, I mean, we play Auburn every year anyway. But like, you know, Alabama and LSU to come to the East and have to play them
0: every yeah. single year. Yeah, keep keep saving in the West. So him and Lincoln Lincoln Riley can go at it. Speaking of which, what somebody uh, I won't say any names got got Oklahoma OU winning it all this year? What kind of nonsense is that?
1: He look, I wouldn't bet it that 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 (laughs) guy, that guy, you know, he's looking at it from a betting standpoint. And of course he's looking at the conference, which which he's absolutely right. I mean, OU probably should go undefeated. I mean, Texas and Iowa State would be the two teams that I would say are going to be in competition with them this season. And the thought is that, uh, you know, this is, of course, a huge upset. The thought is is that uh, Sark's not going to be able to get it, get it together to where because if they beat huge shit. Then at that point, you talk about you know going eleven and one or whatever. Maybe they slip up once. Oklahoma is going to be in the playoff because they typically are. And Spencer Rattler is gonna be at the top of the Heisman list. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But for that individual to think that as a team, they're more complete than Alabama, Georgia, or even Clemson. And, and there's still some unknown with Clemson, too. But either of those teams, it's 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 ridiculous. And it's asinine. You know, he just uh he's just got his opinion on um college football because of this betting season we're really excited about college football betting this year
0: i think clemson and ohio
2: state are the safest bet every year because of scheduling like ohio state is the best team in the big 10 everybody else in the big 10 plays you know the three yards in a cloud of dust and then ohio state spreads everybody out and then clemson literally if the only team that can maybe take them down is north carolina and north carolina really just gives them a slight scare. Miami's not there in the ACC. They're not the U anymore. So Clemson and Ohio state have the easiest route to the playoff every year. Whereas Alabama has to play an LSU and like LSU by and large, Alabama typically has their number, but it could be like a crazy Joe Burrow year, which people will keep forgetting. Like Alabama lost two games that year. They went like down to the wire with that LSU team. And then they lost to Auburn with Mac Jones, who was in, who was like, who was a backup, and he still took Auburn to the wire. So I'm saying, like, and, Alabama and, just has a that tough was, schedule.
1: That, that was what made last year even so great, Notre Dame being in the ACC. Um, as overrated as they are, in my opinion, every year, uh, they were still a really good team. And, I mean, they were warranted that fourth spot, I thought. But back to your Ohio State point, Two. yes, Clemson and Ohio State, they definitely do have the easiest pass, and that's why they're such easy bets. But, like, this year, specifically in the Big Ten, because, and just because I don't know anything about who's quarterback in Ohio State, we know that they typically will always have a good run game. And Ryan Day shown that he can, you know, that the crown isn't too heavy for him to take over Urban Meyer's shoes. But, like, um, let me tell you a team to watch out for, seriously, in the Big Ten. And because they were for real last year until the quarterback got hurt. And he was the real deal the year before that. Indiana. Indiana. So yeah. Yeah. is So good. Yes. Ryan Penix is – I like him. Like They if are. The Falcons, they if the Falcons want to draft a guy that might not go in the first round, like that's who, <laughs> I, that's, that's who I'm getting in round two or round three to, to uh, bring in to be Matt. I like him.
0: I like that. Uh, no love for Michigan, I see. Uh, no love for the khaki pants. Uh, look, guys, this has been great. It's an hour 42. I, I'm hungry. I, I've enjoyed this. Uh, really enjoyed talking hoops with uh, with you guys today, Boink and EB. We've done it, you know, here and there throughout the season. Hey, Parlay Pete, should we tell the people what we got coming to, for football season?
1: Coming soon. Uh, we will be putting on a gambling slash NFL pregame podcast uh, for this upcoming 2021.2 season. I'm really excited about it just because uh, I think that we need to educate people on gambling, especially the closer and closer. <laughs> that it's starting, no, seriously, the closer and closer that it's starting to get to where this stuff is going to get legalized. You know what I mean? It is. It is. It really is coming soon because there's just so much money in it for everybody whether you're the loser giving the casino slash bookie all the money or you're hitting them over the head. One way or another, everybody can make money. And um, I'm excited to announce that we will be doing that. Uh, Is it going to be – it's going to be every Thursday. Is that kind of what we've agreed on?
0: Yeah, Thursdays.
1: Every Thursday we're going to do a pick six of – Games and I don't know if it's going to be strictly NFL, but it might be NFL. We'll mix the college.
0: We'll we'll college in, we're going to do a foul and maybe some
1: because the NBA will be back by October. So, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I promise. If, if I
3: place any of your parlays and they don't hit, I'll show up at your house. I know where you're <laughs> oh.
1: Well, it's a good thing that we've got gates, and <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, but 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 you'll but you'll 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 get winners. I mean, I, you guys have seen one of my winners. I people have to understand that you're going to lose more bets than you win, but you can always win more money than you lose. I think
0: it's that a good way to go awesome. out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks yeah. for your time, man. We're Absolutely.
1: It great to you, guys, and um, I'm glad that we got to. Do another round of the big motherfucking baby podcast. (laughs)